Welcome to the Discover You Podcast with your host, James Hooper, spiritual and personal discovery author, speaker, teacher, and coach. James helps you find who you were created to be and guides you to the most fulfilling life you can experience. On this podcast, we'll guide you through discovering what energizes and motivates you, why you think the way you think, act the way you act, and react the way you react. We'll learn together how to grow through spiritual truths to become the best version of yourself possible. If you haven't yet, please subscribe so you won't miss an episode. Also, you can go to your favorite podcast platform and leave a review and rating. This will help others find us so they can begin their own growth journey. Isaiah chapter 51. I'm going to be reading in the New Living Translation, so it's going to read a little bit differently, but it's going to be the same thing. Say the same thing, but it's going to read a little differently. Verse number 2. We're just going to focus on verse number 2. The Scripture says, Yes, think about Abraham, your ancestor, and Sarah, who gave birth to your nation. Abraham was only one man when I called him, but when I blessed him, he became a nation, a great nation. I'm going to focus on that Abraham was only one man when I called him. But when I blessed him, he became a great nation. I want to talk to you this morning on the impact of God's blessing. This morning, I want you to know, understand, that God, God's intention for you is to bless you. Now, some of you may hear some of the remarks I say, and you're going to say he's one of those prosperity preachers. Guilty as charged. I'm not one of these, name it, claim it, blab it, and grab it, but I do say you have to speak, you have to say what you want. It's not so much, the thing is, is you have to get the mind of God and get the mind of Christ for a situation and then begin to speak that thing begin to speak what God would have you to say. But see, God wants to bless you. See, we're gonna, we look here at Abraham, and those of you that aren't aware, Abraham, before Judaism ever existed, before there were Jews, there was Abraham. Now, Abraham lived in the Ur of the Chaldees and lived there, and God told Abraham, he said, get up and take your wife and your family and all the, your possessions and go to a place that I will show you. Get up and go to a place that I will show you. And at that point, he did not even have a promise from God. He just had a command from God. And God says, get up and go. But when Abraham said, yes, I will, I will go. And people thought Abraham was crazy because he was hearing voices. Because God actually spoke to him. See, in the Old Testament, they didn't have the Holy Spirit inside of them like we do. We have the Spirit of God living on the inside of us, and so we can hear Him. He had, they had to have either a prophet speak to them, or they had to have an angelic visitation. The, either way. So God was speaking to him, and people saying, where are you going? Your family is here. This is where your hometown is. This is where you were raised. This is where you were born. But he says, I've got to go. And they said, well, where are you going? He said, I'm going somewhere. I'm going somewhere. And so he just obeyed God no matter what it looked like. But as the scripture said, Abraham was just 
one man when God called him. I want to tell you all, each and every one of you this morning, you are called. You are called, you are chosen. Before the very foundation of the world, the scripture says that God knew you. Before you were formed in your mother's womb, he knew you. In Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the plans or the thoughts that I have for you, says the Lord. And it's good. It's a good plan. So God had an idea about you. God planned you. You existed in the spirit realm before you ever came into the body. God planted a spirit into a body at inception. He planted that spirit that he designated for this time for this purpose. So you were called, you were chosen, tag, you're it. You can't get away, well you can run from it, but you can't get away from it. I can tell you that for sure. I know plenty of people that run from their calling, but they never got away from it. The gifts and callings are without repentance, the scripture says. And it goes both ways. Once God gives you a gift, it never goes away, but once you've got a gift, you can't get away from it. It's always there. But Abraham was one man, so you are one called person. You are one person that has been called. And the scripture used this conjunction. I don't know how many of you remember, this is my age group, this is my day. We had Schoolhouse Rock. And we, there was one called Conjunction Junction. What's your function? Hooking up words and phrases and clauses. There's a conjunction in this scripture, and it's the word but. Because what he's saying with this word, this conjunction but, is I've said this thing beforehand, but what I'm going to say afterwards actually nullifies what I said before. So God said, Abraham was only one man when I called him, but when I blessed him, when I blessed him, Abraham, he became a great nation. See, God promised Abraham, he had a promise. He said, you will be, your seed will be a great nation. I will bless you and you will be a blessing and your seed will be a great, it'll be as many as the sands of the sea and the stars of the sky, you will be a great nation. But Abraham didn't even have a child at that point. And God promised him that he was, his seed would be a great nation. Now, the thing is, is when we get a promise, when we are called, when we are chosen, when we know God has called us, then that's when it doesn't look like what we're called to do is doable. doesn't look like we can actually do what God's called us to do. And that's God's business in taking the apparently undoable and making it possible. Taking the impossible, what looks like, listen, I don't have the skill set, I don't have the, the, the talent, I don't have the education, I don't have what it takes, but God says, when I call you, I bless you. And then you become what I say you're going to be. So in Ezekiel chapter 33, verse 24, it says, Son of man, the scattered remnants of Israel living among the ruined cities keep saying, Abraham was only one man. Yet he gained possession of the entire land. So Abraham, as he was going to wherever God was sending him, there was a promised land that he was sending him. He was going there, and in the going, God blessed Abraham. It wasn't when he got there, but he was blessed 
on the way. I'm here to tell you in the obedience, when you're obedient to what God's called you to do and told you to do, there is blessings coming as you obey God. He said, I prefer obedience over sacrifice. You will have to sacrifice sometimes when you're called, but God says if you're obedient, there is a blessing there. God says, I have blessed Abraham. I blessed him with possessions. And so what I like to do is I looked at, like to look at Galatians chapter 3 because this ties it to me. Because we look at Abraham in the Old Testament say, oh, that's good for Abe. That's good Abe got all that. You know, Abe, he ended up with all this cattle and all this sheep and all these goats and all these camels and all this other stuff. I ain't got a yard to keep all them people, all them animals. That's good for him. But see, the thing is, is we actually live under a better covenant than Abraham. We live under a new covenant. Galatians chapter 3 says, what's more, the, what's more, the scriptures look forward to this time when God would make the Gentiles right in His sight because of their faith. God pro- proclaimed this good news to Abraham long ago when He said, all nations will be blessed through you. So all who put their faith in Christ, listen to this, all who put their faith in Christ share the same blessing Abraham received because of his faith. Verse 14 says, Through Christ Jesus, God has blessed the Gentiles with the same blessing He promised to Abraham. Uh, I don't know how, how many of you were born Jewish. Is there anybody here that was actually born Jewish? Okay, then I'm assuming you're not, then you are a Gentile. But see, what I like about this is Paul says, see, the Gentiles now are partakers of this. Because of their faith in Jesus Christ, because of their faith, because they have believed, they have been grafted in, they have been adopted into the family, and they receive the same blessing that Abraham received. And his blessing is, I will bless you, and you will be a blessing. Through you, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. See, that was partly a messianic, messianic proclamation and saying, through you all the nations of the earth will be blessed because Jesus was going to come. Jesus was going to make a way for all nations to come into right relationship with God. However, he told him, I am going to bless you. He didn't just say, well, you're going to have a son and his son's going to have a son and son, 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 and then the Messiah is going to come. He said, no, I'm going to bless you and you'll be a blessing and then through you all the nations of the earth will be blessed. What am I trying to tell you? I'm telling you there is blessings. There are blessings that we as children of God, because we have been bought with the price, because we've been adopted into the family of God, we should expect blessings. Now see, I understand I'm getting all these... Boy, if y'all could see y'all's face. It's like a calf at a new gate. You know, have you ever seen a puppy when you do something, puppy goes, huh? All y'all going, what are you talking about, Willis? I'm giving my age away again. I'm trying to instill and tell you that you are to expect to be blessed when you're a child of God. Did I say that you will not have trouble? No, 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 no. Jesus himself said, and I've quoted this scripture so many times it's crazy. 
Jesus said, in this world you will have trouble. But be of good cheer. I like that word, but. In this world you will have trouble. But be of good cheer. Why? Jesus said, I've overcome the world. You're going to have trouble, but you will overcome them. Romans chapter 8, verse 38 says, Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus who loves us. We are more than conquerors. You get this word picture of like a little banny rooster that's fighting this other rooster, and he defeats the one rooster, and it's laying down, it's dead, he is the conqueror. But then the banny rooster will climb on top of that rooster and crow as loud as he can. That is more than a conqueror. When you've defeated your foe, and then you proclaim his defeat to the nations, that's more than a conqueror. I'm not saying we should fight roosters, okay? That's not what I'm saying. I've just seen it happen in a uh, yard, okay? Hebrews 11, I love Hebrews, I love it, I love it. It's called the Hall of Faith, but there's so many nuggets in there. And I'm reading a lot of scripture, and I know I am. Hebrews 11, verses 8 through 12 said, It was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave home and go to another land that God would give him as an inheritance. He went without knowing where he was going. Even when he reached the land God promised him, he lived there by faith because he was like a foreigner living in tents. And so did Isaac and Jacob, who inherited the same promise. Abraham was confidently looking forward to a city with eternal foundations, a city designed and built by God. It was by faith that even Sarah was able to have a child, though she was barren and was too old. She believed that God would keep his promise. And so a whole nation came from this one man who was as good as dead. A nation with so many people that like the stars of the sky and the sands of the seashore, there's no way to count them. See, Abraham, if you're not familiar with the story, God told Abraham that he was going to have a promised child. He would have a son, and he was 75 when he got this promise. How many of y'all saying, I'm too old? No, no, no. He received his promise when he was 75. Okay, some of y'all probably around 75, so don't stop there, though. He got his promise. He was given the promise, but he didn't receive his promise at 75. He was 100 years old, 100 years old when his promise was born. It's never too late. It's never too late for your promise to come. God gives a promise. It has no expiration date on it. God promises you something. You can take it to the bank. It may not be tomorrow, and it may not be the next day, but it's coming if you trust him and you have faith. Now, did Abraham waver? Yes, he did. Romans says he didn't. I don't think, but see, the thing is, is it's crazy. I read chapter, Romans chapter 4, and it said, Abraham, who wavered not, and didn't think about it, I'm thinking, wait a minute, didn't he have Ishmael? Didn't he lie about his wife being his sister? Didn't, didn't, but the thing, see, the thing is, is when God looks at you, he doesn't look at when you failed, he looked at when you had faith. Every time you, you fail, God's, you, and then you say, no, wait a minute, I'm standing on the promises God gave me, and I'm believing God. And he says, okay, the rest of that's canceled out. So God counts your faith, not your failures. It's all building you up. It's all building you. And so then we go to Proverbs chapter 10. I'm just reading a bunch of scripture, commenting, and we've done here in a few minutes. The blessing, Proverbs 10, 22, the blessing of the Lord makes one rich, and he adds no sorrow 
with it. Now see, this is where the church starts getting antsy because I said the Lord makes you, the blessing of the Lord makes you rich. Well, do you think everybody's supposed to be rich? God wants everybody to be rich, but not everybody's going to be rich. Because, see, God's not a socialist. We know all these, all these, <laughs> it's crazy, all these college kids that their parents are paying everything for them, they want socialism. Socialism, it's like, really? Where'd the money going to come from? Your mom and daddy ain't got it. So, I'm skipping down here. There's a lot of scriptures I could read, but let's see here. Matthew chapter 25, God, Jesus is speaking. He said, for the kingdom of heaven is like. So when he talks about the kingdom of heaven is like, you think, okay, this is, this is how things work in the kingdom of heaven. He said, a man traveling to, to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them, and to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to each according to his own ability. And immediately he went on a journey. According to their own ability. Because, see, God knows what you can handle. God knows how much you can handle and what your capabilities are. Now, if we exercise, this is some practicality, if we exercise, we start learning good uh, money management, we start practicing uh, you know, budgeting, we start looking at where our money's going, we kind of do costs, we do all this kind of stuff, we can learn to, to handle more at a time. But God, God knows, listen, when it got up into a billion dollars in the lottery, I said, oh, Jesus. Jesus, that's got to be your will. You know I'd advance the kingdom of God. I'd pay my bills off, but I'd advance the kingdom of God. You know I would. I said, I'm, I've already got in my mind, I'm going to set up a, a charitable trust and put, uh, put this 10% into a charitable trust so that it can, I can start giving out to different ministries and different organizations. And I can do all this other stuff, and, and I'll do all this. And it's like, well, the problem is you've got to buy a ticket to win, though. That's the problem. And that's why I keep never winning. I keep don't buy a ticket. But it's just one of these things that, you know, people that win lotto, most of them they end up broker than they were before because they don't have the ability to handle what they've been given. God knows what you can handle. How many of you know you don't take a three-year-old and put a 20-gauge a, a shotgun in their hand and go sit, just send them out and go hunting? No, they're going to kill themselves before they kill anything else. They're going to get hurt. They don't have the capability. So God knows that you start off small and small blessings come. But then once you're faithful with those small blessings, then the blessings will continue to come to you. Amen? Amen. I've got so much more to say, but I'm, it's 12 o'clock, and I'm going to finish off with test telling you guys, I don't know how much you, that you know. Some of you weren't here the last time we were here. But I've got to give God some glory. Last time we were here, our car had broken down. And it was at a Hyundai dealership in Sherman. Sharon was on the way to the TMC to visit her, to hang out with Linda and be with her. We were up and we're staying with my mother in Princeton. And so she was driving from Princeton up there. The car broke down, uh, ended up being that the engine was thrashed, that threw a rod bearing and uh, the engine was thrashed. So they, we had to drive my mother's car home back to Austin while they, worked, while they were going to work on the car because nobody was there Saturday. So then once we got there, I called the service guy called me and said, oh, yeah, you threw a rod bearing, and you're going to have to replace the engine. I said, okay, how much does that cost? And he said, well, I don't know. I'm thinking, get your numbers and call me. So he said, I'll call you back. So two hours later, he calls me back and said, oh, bad news. 
Hyundai's discontinued that motor. I said, it's a five-year-old car. There's nothing, they hadn't come up with a replacement for it. Another, no. So there's no used ones and there's no rebuilt ones around they're, because they discontinued it several years ago, so they're all gone. He said, now you can buy a short block and buy all the parts to make a long block and all this kind of stuff. Well, how much does that cost? I don't know. I'll get back with you. Okay, get back with me. So then this is Monday afternoon. He calls me and he says, um, it's going to cost $9,200 to do that. I said, uh, no. I owed $6,100 on the car. We still owed $6,100. 138,000 miles on it because we come up here a lot. So they said, well, you're going to have to buy a new car. Well, just to be honest with you guys, our credit was horrible. I mean, we were behind on our mortgage and that sort of thing, and so our credit was horrible. So your church, while we were here on Sunday, your church took an offering for us and gave us $1,500. So when the dealership says, how much money you got put down? I said, I got $1,500. He said, that ain't going to be enough. Because we're going to have to take what's left over on your car and put it on the note with the other car, and so you're going to have to come up with more money. So that's not good. So this is Tuesday, Tuesday morning, and we find out that there's no way. We cannot, we can't buy a car. We can't buy a car. We don't have the credit. We don't have the money. What are we going to do? Again, I was just, for some reason I was not worrying about it. I wasn't stressing. I'm, I'm the worrier of the family. I'm, God's healing me of that, but he's... Tuesday afternoon, this a guy that with a, a group that I did some work for last year, I, you know, I was just trying to pick up some extra stuff, and, and uh, they paid me a little bit per hour you know, to kind of do some work for them, but I went and they were going to be selling some property, so I went and I, I found the realtor. I negotiated with the realtors. I did all the stuff. I did all the legwork. I did everything for them, and, and then all they had to do is when it got time to sell the property, they just went and signed the documents. They didn't have to do anything. I just did all this for them, and you know, they paid me by the hour. So I was, I was getting, I mean, not by the hour, but I was getting paid a little bit at the time. But they sold this, and it, and it sold for uh, three quarters of a million dollars, this piece of property. Well, Tuesday afternoon, this guy said, calls me, and he says, calls me to his office, and he calls me, and he says, hey, you know what? We were thinking about it. You know, you did all this work for us on this real estate deal? I said, yeah. He said, you know, we got thinking about it, and we never did anything for you, did anything for you for doing that. And I said, well, no, no. You know, I was looking at some kind of commissions or something like that, but it never happened. But I just, I, I had to, I, at first I was upset about it when it first didn't, but I had to tell Sharon, I just have to give it to God and let God handle it. He said, well, you know, we never did anything about that. And I said, okay. He said, we want to give you a commission, a little commission for, for helping us with that. I said, okay, we want to give you $25,000. Remember that look I was telling the puppy heads? Hmm? I said, right, let me get this straight just for a second. Let me, let me get this straight. But all the work I did for you guys, you want to give me $25,000. Yeah, we'll, take, we'll write you a check for twenty now, and the other five, we'll actually file taxes for you. We'll, we'll file your taxes so you don't have to worry about filing taxes on I said, all right. So we took that money, so we had that 20, we had your 15, so we paid our car off. 
$6,100, and we had $15,000 left. And we went and found us a, and Kathy, we'd been talking to Kathy and Sister Troy, and Sister Kathy and Brother Troy, I'm trying to get them both, was talking to, was kind of filling them on what's going on since you guys had given us, was kind of letting them know. She said, you know what I think? I believe it's time for you guys to upgrade. And I said, yes, ma'am, it is. I've always believed all my life, anytime the enemy tries to steal something from you, it's time to upgrade. Because the blessings of the Lord makes one rich and adds no sorrow. And we are, and I'm pursuing what God's called me to do, and I'm being passionate about it and doing that. So we went and I, I found us, went to the Jeep dealership because our district bishop has bought cars from these guys and stuff like that. So I went and I found this Jeep Cherokee, and it's the limited edition, and it's, it's got more things than I could ever want on it. And we went. And we did this deal, and first the salesman said, now, you know, your credit's not good, so it's going to be double-digit interest, you know, so it's going to be kind of bad. And I said, we'll see, you know, and he's giving us all this stuff, trying to prepare us. We got into the finance people, and the finance guy said, well, all right, so you've got, this is the loan, and it's at 5.9%, and I'm thinking, oh, that's, that's two digits, but there's a decimal in between them, so that's not double-digit interest. That's like the lowest interest besides zero that you can get they offered. And again, our credit tanked big time. And he said, so we ended up and we put $15,000 down on that car. And the payment we were paying on the car we had before, our payment now has increased by $38 a month. And we've got this brand new car. It's a 2019. I'm driving a car of the future, y'all. I, want, I tell you that, I tell you that, and I'm believing God to pay it off. I'm believing God, I know, because if you get a $25,000 miracle, you can believe God for anything, I'm telling you. Well, I'm believing God to pay it off, and I'm believing God for us a motorhome so we can travel. So we can travel, and we can, we can go and stuff. It's just so hard to travel when, when you don't have that kind of thing, and you can't set up, and you can't just take your, leave your dog out in the car when you go out in to eat and stuff. You know, you just can't do that, especially in Austin. Oh, my Lord, they'll crucify you. I wouldn't do it when it's hot anyway, but, but God, is, God blesses those that are called. I, I testify about that because I want you to understand I, I am no different than you, except that I know I'm called and I've said yes to the call. I am pursuing what God's called me to do and gifted me to do and what He's made me to do. I am pursuing it with every ounce of energy I can and I'm loving every minute of it. That's the thing about it. When you're called, when God calls you to do something and you pursue it, it is your passion. It is something you love to do. It drives you. It motivates you. I mean, it's just awesome. And so I want you to understand the impact of God's blessing. Because the thing is, is when you're called, and you are, you, you're, when, you, when you're initially called, you're one person. But when He adds His blessing on it, then you're multiplied. You multiply yourself. You multiply because people begin to see how good God is. They begin to see everything that's happening around you. They begin to see how you're handling the adversity that's coming in your life. They, they know you're going through the same stuff they're going through, the same challenges, the, the chance of layoffs and all this stuff. They see that, but they see how you're handling it. They see how you make it through, how you come through with your in your right mind. 
how you're having family struggles and you still come through, but God says, I'm here and I have blessed you. There is a impact. There is power in God's blessing. And I'm here to tell you this morning, believe in the blessing. Don't let the enemy lie to you and tell you that you are not supposed to be blessed. Am I saying you're going to be a millionaire? Oh, no, you're not. You may not be. You might be. I'm not going to say you're not, but most likely most of you will not be. But I'm here to tell you that there's more blessing than a million dollars. I take that blessing, but I'm here to tell you there's more blessing than a million dollars. When you have peace of mind, no matter, the, no matter the turmoil, when you have peace of mind, you trust God. When you trust God, you're, the scripture says that you're like a tree that is planted by the river, that its roots go down deep in the water, and there is, it's never a time when that true tree isn't green and flourishing and growing because it trust, you trust in God. You tapped your root into God. You understand that He is the one. He's the foundation. He is the one, and He says, I will bless you, and then you will be a blessing. Thank you for listening to the Discover You podcast with your host, James Hooper. This podcast exists to help you grow both spiritually and personally. If you enjoyed it and think others could benefit from the content provided, please go to your favorite podcast platform and leave a review and rating. This will help others find us more easily. Also, if you haven't already, subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Thank you for joining us for the Discover You podcast.